Time now for the Longhorn Guys Sports Spectacular with Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. Well, here we go. Texas Longhorn Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Uh, fellas, here we go. Uh, Longhorn season starting up. Um, you know, we're going to talk with... Uh, Let's let's jump right in here. I know we've got a lot of questions about uh, this Longhorns team. Obviously, starting at quarterback Jeff Barker, <clears throat> the CBS station in Austin. He's our Texas insider joining us this week here on the Sports Spectacular. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, let's start off the top. The question everybody wants to know: um, the Manning kid is not going to start as a true freshman. I mean, people should understand his uncle didn't start game one as a true freshman either. It, it's so funny to me to to pop on national radio sometimes and and hear about you know all these guys talking about all the kind of normal things that you you think you would hear about. You hear about Texas on national radio every once in a while, but then it's like, well, Arch Manning start as a true freshman. When will he overtake Quinn Ewers? And then here locally, we're just like, I mean, look, like I, could that happen? Yeah, but it's definitely not going to happen early on. I mean, Quinn Ewers is going to have to really flop, which I don't think anybody here sees happening for uh, for Arch to be you know, in, in the QB one share this season. Is it, how are you looking back? Obviously it's Texas storied football program. You know, they've gone through some, honestly, they've struggled a little bit. I mean, compared to what their expectations are, where are they at as a program right now? Look, heading into this season. I think Steve Sarkeesian really likes where he has this team in, in year three. You know, when he took the job, it was, uh, obviously it's always going to be win now at Texas, but we know that to get the, you know, to get the roster to a championship level, whether that's conference championship first and then playoff team, and then a nas potential national champion, that's going to take some time. And he's had two really good recruiting classes, putting together another one here. So uh, I think they really like where they're at right now. They like where the depth is at on this roster. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned they've, they've underachieved, which obviously, I mean, that's why we're talking is Texas back every year. That's that's the question preseason. Um, and the answer has pretty much been the same every year, except for that Sugar Bowl year a couple of years ago. But, yeah, I think um, top to bottom now, they like where the roster's at with, hey, we got a five-star talent here. If he goes down, we got another guy right there. And I think a lot of that creates more competition. And, you know, whether it's Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan now getting back on track, that's what those teams have is, you know, you, you, you lose one guy. And you just throw another five-star guy in there, and that creates that competition. So, yeah, again, I, I think they really like where they're at. Sark's talked about a lot lately that this kind of looks like his team, even, you know, the swagger, the style of play, all those kind of things. And and I, I think that's what we're going to see this year. You know, you've got um, the big four with Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama. Now we see USC, LSU, and Texas starting to rise up. With Robinson and Johnson gone to the NFL, um, how's Jonathan Brooks going to do kind of taking over that running game? Because that is key to Sark's offense. It is, yeah. Sark definitely, I mean, they you know, they, they want to take those downfield shots, but they want to establish the run first, just like any good offense. I mean, you know, we don't get to see a ton of practice here, but we have seen Jonathan Brooks in games. I know it's kind of mop-up duty at the end of games, but – He's looked really good. You know, people say, okay, you know, mop up duty, you're playing second, third string offensive line. But I mean, he, he did that in the OU game and uh, looked pretty good. He's also playing running behind second string O linemen in those situations as well. So, um, you know, I think he'll be the, 
the main, I don't know if I want to call him a featured back, but I think he'll get the first looks and the first snaps uh, as the, as the first string running back. And then, you know, they've got a guy in Keelan Robinson who they can throw in there and be kind of a, a jack of all trades back, you know, with, with his size, he's not necessarily an every down back, but um, with the speed there, you know, he's just a guy that whether that's throwing a swing pass to him or throwing a screen pass to him, hand it off to him a few times. I think with those two guys, there starting out. That's, that's a really good place to start at running back. And then, and look, I mean, CJ Baxter, you know, some people around here are kind of calling him baby Bijan, you know, I, and oh. with how good Bijan was and how impactful he was to this program, you want to use that, that kind of lightly, but I mean, the dude's a five-star, he's a total stud. And I interviewed him over the summer and it was funny, just not just his physical stature, but just the way these guys come in maturity wise now. I mean, they're just, they're exposed to so much at an earlier age. And he, he he's 17 years old when I interviewed him. I think he just turned 18 and it just kind of struck me as a guy that like was like 25, you know, looks wise, maturity wise. So yeah, I think they've got a bunch of really good guys that they can kind of go, um, you know, heat up the competition and go sort of running back by committee at first and just see where that goes. Talking with Jeff Barker of CBS Austin, Texas Insider here in the uh, Texas Longhorn Sports Spectaculars. We start to look at the season right now. Uh, season opener coming up next week, uh, taking on Rice, and then the big one um, and a rivalry that we see developing here in the future with the uh, the change in conference jumping to the SEC at fourth-ranked Alabama. The tide coming into the season, uh, obviously with a chip on their shoulder because they're only only ranked number four preseason, right? And and it's Georgia getting all the noise as the two-time defending champs and going for the unprecedented uh, three-peat. Uh, talk about this, not to, to jump in too early on this, but in terms of um, there's been so much uh, buzz lately, of course, with the Pac-12 essentially going away, four teams to the Big Ten, uh, four more teams uh, going to, to the Big 12. Um, but really, Texas and Oklahoma, the teams that started this, right, a couple of years ago, jumping to the SEC. What's the buzz right now in Austin and in Longhorn country with this being um, the last season as part of the Big 12? I think people are, are really fired up about it. Um, you know, everyone talks about, oh, you know, these, all these Texas schools, you know, the, the Techs, the Baylors, the TCUs, they're, they're all going to want one last shot. And Texas is going to get everyone's best shot. But I mean, you guys know, I mean, it's in any blue blood program, whether you're winning or not, especially in a state like Texas. I mean, that's that's how it's going to be. You know, that's that's they're, they're going to be coming for you. So I think a lot of people are excited for those games. And also they're really excited because when you look at that schedule, the Big 12 is is really there for the taking. Like the way the schedule shakes out, obviously, that Alabama game, that's not a conference game yet. So that doesn't affect you winning the conference. Uh, I think if they win that game, the the hype train is going to be. Full go. I mean, I don't even have a way to describe how how excited people are going to be here, but it's always a little bit of a mixture of cautious optimism from some people and then just like overzealous hype from other people in Austin. You know, so I think it's kind of we're towing that line a little bit, too. But, yeah, the, the Big 12 to me looks wide open. Texas has tough games on their schedule, but I don't see a game on there besides Alabama where I'm like, yeah, I think they'll lose. It, it, it's interesting, though. You mentioned that. So if they lose to Alabama. They're probably it's going to be harder for them to make a playoff push than it would be for Alabama if they lose to Texas because they'll have you know the the quality of wins they can muster up. So I guess that's part of being in the SEC. Well, you looking forward? Maybe that's what uh, it will be good for Texas. But what are their you know as you look at this season? Is it realistic to get into the college football playoff? Let's say they you know if they do win the Big Twelve and you know the only loss is at Alabama, is that a potential thing? I think it's 
it's definitely a possibility just with the pure talent they have on the roster. I'm not going to throw that out there, but I think the the big thing for them this year is, I mean, and obviously it goes without saying, but injuries aside, if this team stays relatively healthy and Quinn Ewers is the guy that we think he is and takes that next step, the absolute expectation is get to that big 12 championship game. And really, I think people are going to be disappointed if they get there and don't win it. Cause I want to say, just get there and play for it. But I mean, really to win the big 12 championship, I think that's where you start. And then after that, you kind of say, Hey, if, if that means that we're 10 and two and one of those losses is to Bama and the other ones to, you know, TCU on the road or something like that, then, and there's a bunch of other chaos, then maybe there's a playoff push there. But I think the big goal is get to the big 12 championship game, let the chips fall where they may. That should be the expectation. You know, with Sark, uh, his past, there's a lot of pressure this year to, to put together and live up to the expectations of this team. How how do you think he's doing under that pressure? And is there anybody, you know, concerned or, or watching to see how he deals with this type of pressure cooker? Because now you're talking, this is Texas football, the way most of us grew up with Texas football. I think there's there's two things that really help Sark on that front. It's that he was the head coach at Washington, which, you know, is a, I don't know if you call it a blue blood, but that's a really top-notch college football program. And the other one being USC. I mean, that's an absolute blue blood. One of the ones that we mentioned earlier when we were talking about, you know, them kind of cracking into the playoff potentially and into that top four now. So I think he's had those two jobs. He knows what the pressure is there. I mean, I, I grew up in LA as a huge SC fan. You know, I grew up there when he was, the offensive coordinator for Pete Carroll, the young hotshot, him and Kiffin and all that. So he, he kind of knows what it takes. And then obviously all of his personal personal issues and then going to Alabama, getting to work with Saban, getting to go to the NFL and those kind of things. I, I'm not going to speak for the guy, but I, I think I, it, you know, he's got his life back on track now. And it, it helps when, hey, you you have ruined it, like for lack of a better phrase, like he's ruined it. So I don't know if there's a almost a piece that comes with that of just like, hey, I'm going to put my foot on the gas and just go for this. Uh, and then the other one real quick is, I mean, he went five and seven in the first season. So <laughs> there was a little bit of grace there, but you never should go five and seven at Texas with really the level of talent that's, that's on that roster year in and year out. So I think that that'll help. <laughs> he's been through that. Yeah. Well, he's been through the, the pressure cookers too. I mean, right. let's look the other side, right? If, if things don't go well early um, to your point, you, you want to go out of the big 12 on top. And, and what you don't want to do is you don't want to stumble into the SEC. Don't kick the messenger going seven and five or even eight <laughs> and four. I mean, right. I mean, I, that's, that's not acceptable absolutely. in 2023. That's not what Longhorn fans expect. No, no, absolutely not. And I think one of the interesting, you know, potential storylines that could arise, not to be, as, you know, kind of cynical here, but you know, we've talked about all the good things that could happen for this team. I think one thing that's reasonable to think about is what if Quinn Ewers comes out and, he doesn't play that well early on. They kind of struggle. They lose by two or three touchdowns at Alabama. Maybe they're like three and two, you know, four and two at some point, and Quinn's not looking that good. That's a lot of pressure now. On I mean, people are going to be throwing – every time Quinn throws an incompletion, people are going to be, you know, calling for Arch. But that's how it always is at Texas. Everyone's favorite quarterback is the backup, you know, especially when, <laughs> when QB1 struggling. But, I mean, can you imagine with the last name Manning and how well he's playing in camp right now, that guy behind him? So – that's a potential storyline right there too, but I don't, I personally don't think that's going to happen, but you, know, you never know. Yeah. I was looking at this, like, you know, you, you talk about expectations. I mean, I look at what Tom Herman did. I mean, he won four straight bowl games, went 32 and 18, 64% of the game. Sark's going to have to be really successful 
over his next 25 games, go like 19 and six, just to match Tom Herman over a four year period. <laughs> I know Tom Herman's a, he's a, he's an interesting one. I think it's all the other, you know, kind of playing the game off the field things that, that maybe hurt him in the end. And he's never said that word for word, but um, you know, it, it is interesting to look at that. Like you said, I mean, I mean, the guy got fired after going seven and three in a COVID year, you know, he got them through all that chaos with COVID and went seven and three, but I just don't think they looked at him as the guy to take that next step and then take them into the SEC. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Tom Herman now at FAU, Eddie's got his former quarterback at Texas, Casey Thompson, as his starter. So, I mean, it's, you know, 60-year quarterback. Uh, all things all come together. Hey, Jeff, uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, we'll be calling on you quite a bit this season. We expect big things uh, this year out of the Longhorns. We'll be talking with you soon. Awesome. Appreciate you guys having me. Looking forward to the season. All right. Appreciate that. Jeff Barker, uh, Texas Insider uh, from CBS Austin, uh, and uh, giving us all the juice on the Longhorns. We are just getting started right here. Quick time out of much more to come here on the Texas Longhorns Sports Spectacular. Keep it here. Attention business owners. Have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS? Instead of waiting months to a year plus, how would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details. 800-279-0419. 800-279-0419. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts. something we haven't talked about just yet uh epic battles you know you think you know lakers celtics you think yankees red sox you don't think musk zuckerberg uh but elon musk uh the owner of twitter x guys is actually talking about maybe maybe having some kind of epic battle between he and his facebook counterpart what's this about (laughs) well this should be interesting (laughs) I, i don't know I think that the, you know, who gets the winner? That's what I want to know. Cagley, Cagley in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cagley's going in, but Cagley isn't going to do a boxing match. I think it's got to be professional wrestling, although I don't want to see Mike in tights. That's not something I'm looking forward to. Picture like Nacho Libre. I'll I'll just do jorts. (laughs) Like, I'll do jorts like John Cena with some sort of parka over the top. You can't see me. (laughs) Exactly. And then people will be going, oh, we can see you, fatty. (laughs) (laughs) this is uh something else yeah so he says what did our society do wrong to deserve that though (laughs) zuckerberg you know and musk huh can you imagine people from like 40 years ago going what what is happening what what are we doing why why we don't know nobody knows what's funny is that they can't i mean I guess I took it as a joke, but it's actually some taking it seriously. So obviously Musk and Zuckerberg, both billionaires. Uh, and then Musk was saying the UFC would not be managing the fight, even though UFC president 
Minchin also speaking with officials in Rome about this thing. So uh, is the Vatican involved? Because now <laughs> it's like Godfather three. <laughs> gonna be, they're going to be on chariots in the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> Gladiator. <laughs> fight lions. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just. Oh, oh my. You know, you've had so many epic battles in the Coliseum. This is the next one. It's uh, Musk versus Zuckerberg. No, uh, thankfully, it's, it's, let's assume it's not going to happen. Hey, you know what else is not going to happen? The Yankees in the postseason. <laughs> this is, if, you, if you've been waiting to make fun of the New York Yankees, this is your moment. Enjoy these next, uh, uh, these next six weeks or so because um, it has been ugly, ugly in the Bronx. Yeah, they really, I mean, <laughs> the other day was the wildest one of the, they start bunting. I mean, it, we we've just reached the point where you know the Yankee Yankees baseball has literally, to coin my favorite phrase, jump the shark. <laughs> it is not good anymore. <laughs> Nobody cares. No, I you know it's it's funny. It's amazing that the talent that they have though, but it just goes to show you you can have Aaron Judge, you can have Garrett Cole, and you still got to have other players, and you got to have depth because injuries are going to decimate a team. In Major League Baseball. And as David Lee Roth once said, money can't buy you happiness, but you can buy a boat and float up next to it. And money can't buy you championships all the way. Um, I thought was kind of interesting, though, is since 1995, the most games the Yankees have lost in a row is only eight. Somehow I thought for, you know, nearly 30 years, they might have a double-digit losing streak. Maybe this also... For you Yankee fans who are tearing up, maybe this gives you a little bit of pride that your team hasn't lost 10 in a row yet. <laughs> it's just it's it's just incredible what they've they've done over the years that they haven't had. But you know what the money, and I think too, but it's one of those where we're seeing, you know, in football, Alabama still rules the roost right now, right? The the blue blood, if you will, of college football. Um, but in basketball, you know. The Blue Bloods haven't done anything in a while, right? We talked about that. The, you know, Kansas did get the win, but otherwise, Kentucky hasn't done much. You know, Duke. UCLA. Uh, they're it's like UCLA, exactly. And so I think now we're seeing again where the big money doesn't necessarily mean that, that you're going to be on top. Um, and not just in the postseason, but in the regular season. I yeah, just want to say Indiana. Yeah, been a while. Just 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 because I like to say Indiana when it comes it. to oh come to yeah, not yeah. winning There's for no a question. long time. I mean, but you know what? The, I mean, you go back to that stretch from the Yankees, a lot of their guys were different. They brought up those homegrown guys. And, and now mm. they're now they're all like, you know, players for hire, you know, and they're all for hire. But I mean, free agency and things like that. And it just hasn't hasn't worked the same way. Yeah, no, no question about it. Hey, stay with us. We'll hear from some uh, coaches speak. That's up next. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? 
They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. This ad furnished by Nesmet Taju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came, and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards, rent is due, bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone. If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to $5,000 in minutes and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news! I went to 27cash.com and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow. Wow! That is fast! If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com That's 27cash.com 27cash.com If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Listening to the Longhorn Guys Radio Network. We're well, talking in uh, about the uh, Texas Longhorns again as uh, they get ready to take on Rice next week before traveling to uh, Tuscaloosa to face the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian talking about uh, his team's uh, scrimmage uh, a few days ago. Let's listen in to what Coach Sark had to say. And we'll talk more about Texas afterwards. You know, I thought offensively, you know, there's there's some good things. There's some things that we didn't do well. And I think that all boils back down to consistency, right? We weren't consistent enough offensively Saturday the way out that I would have liked it. And so, um, you know, the, and it wasn't like one guy or one position group. I think everybody kind of took turns. Um, so we have we definitely have to improve upon that. We got too many drops. You know, we, we're had such a good camp up until that point of, of really catching the ball well and making plays and the ball just found the ground Saturday. So we, we definitely have to clean that up. I was impressed um, with their third down wins. I thought the offense stayed on the field and extended drives uh, with their ability to execute on third down, which has been a big point of emphasis of ours. You know, we were not very good a year ago on third down. So to see them do that uh, was good. It was great to have Xavier back, really explosive day, you know, made a lot of big plays big catches for us. Gunnar Helm has been as steady as ever. You know, he's playing good football for us, just a guy to note. Uh, and our three young wideouts, you know, I, I, you know, they all didn't have the perfect day, but they've come a long way. And when you talk about Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore, and Ryan Niblett, really impressed with those guys from, uh, from where they're coming. From the quarterback standpoint, I really think their command has really improved, you know, at, at their varying stages. I think Quinn being a second-year starter, He's definitely in command of that first unit, and you feel good about that. Um, I think that uh, Arch and Malik both have grown in their roles and, and what they're doing and their command of the offense and taking charge. Um, obviously, we got to keep pushing consistency at that position, whether it's fundamentals, whether it's progression, whether it's pocket presence. Um, 
you know, whatever that, whether it's tempo, whatever that looks like, but there's a level of consistency at that position that I think ultimately drives the unit. And so we got to, we got to keep working on that, which that's, that's why we coach, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, for us to kind of that being the end of training camp in our mind, um, with school starting today, now it's about creating, creating really good habits, right? We, we talk a lot about in our team room about, kind of the three phases of their life that they, that they operate in, right? They've got their academic world, they've got their football world, and then they've got their personal and their social world. And, and managing those three worlds simultaneously, I think is really important. Um, and you do that through really good self-discipline. Um, and you do that through creating habits that ultimately start to become the routines of how we operate on a weekly basis from Sunday through Saturday, and then recreating it again the next week. So a um, little bit of a different shift in focus, I will say for us, you know, big picture wise, this week is really about details, right? We've got a lot of stuff in, uh, in all three phases. And now we've got to really start to, to tighten the screws on the details of, of how we want to operate. And so this will be a big week for that. Uh, and then obviously getting into Saturday, having the mock game where we can, they can really get a feel and a sense of the routine from a pregame standpoint. And then working, we'll probably have about 50 or so situations that we'll work on Saturday uh, various things that, that come up in game that you got to be ready for from the sidelines, substitutions and different things. So, um, a, a lot still to be done. Uh, you know, a lot of work still to be done for, on that front. You know, you mentioned, uh, kind of precincts all over to a degree, 12 days of the regular season. Timing wise, when do you guys want to solidify all the starting spots? You know, I, by, by Saturday, because to be fair to them, they need to know who's the first unit, who's the second unit, who's the backup in all three phases um, so that if a guy goes down, if a guy's shoe comes off, if a guy's helmet pops off, that next guy needs to know, you know who's going in. And so to be fair to them, we need to continue to compete. We need to continue to find the right combination of people. Um, and, and, and the second part is, you know, 12 days from now, we're playing at 2.30. And so to think, you know, the same 22 guys are going to play every snap, probably not realistic, you know. And so we got to find the right combinations of – whether it's a safety rotation or corners or linebackers or, or receivers, runners, to make sure that, that we're getting a nice blend of, of rotating those players so that we're really strong for four quarters. Is the man on the job at linebacker, cornerbacker, running back? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not ready to do that yet for those guys. You know, I, I feel, like I said, I, I felt very comfortable. Right? We, we played Saturday, the first kind of portion of that scrimmage, one versus twos, twos versus ones. It's kind of hard to tell the difference, you know. Sometimes, you know, the, those guys are such a good rotation right now. Um, you know, I think that we've got a great rotation at safety. I think we got a really good rotation at corner going, uh, really at the linebacker spot as well, um, and on the D line. Uh, I think receiver wise, there's probably a little bit of a gap between those first three wideouts and the other guys, um, and, and that's understandable. Those guys played a lot of football, um, but. Again, different position groups are different to where I got to see what this looks like for a few more days before we really nail it down. You mentioned the confidence and the, the command that Quinn has had on the offense. How much does that help that offensive unit as a whole, the players just kind of gain confidence? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's calming, right? Um, you know, there's much less anxiousness or anxiety uh, amongst not just Quinn, but I think everybody, right? I mean, the, the quarterback permeates his feeling, right? And so when the quarterback permeates belief uh, and confidence, I think that instills that not only in the other offensive players, but 
really the entire organization, right? I mean, that's, that's why the position is what it is. And so I think Quinn definitely has a lot of confidence right now. Uh, he feels very comfortable with what we're doing. He's executing at a high level, but there's little things that we w- we keep working with him on. And uh, I think he appreciates that. I think he appreciates being coached um, because we're, you know, ultimately like every player, we're trying to make him the best that we can. Can you size up what each guy at weak side linebacker, David Vandemo, Blackwell, Anthony Hill, what those guys are doing, how they're standing out? Yeah, you know, David, um, he, he's very intentional with his approach to what he does. You know, he's had a really good off season, um, winter, spring ball, summer. Um, you know, he's, he's such an intense human uh, that, that everything he does is full speed. You know, he goes. And sometimes we almost want him to tempo it a little bit, right? But, um, you know, so that he definitely brings that, that, that in level of intensity and energy to the game. Mo, obviously a very versatile guy. And the fact that, you know, with the safety background, you know, he has the ability to, to cover. He has the ability, to, you know, I think he's a good blitzer. Um, he's, a, he's a violent player. When he goes, he goes, and, and he's violent at the point of contact. Um, so definitely positives there. I think from an, from Anthony's perspective, um, you know, what he doesn't know, he kind of makes up for with instincts. You know, he definitely has good instincts for, for the game. He might not be right, but gets his hand on a ball. Um, it might not be the exact rush we're, we're trying to get, but he finds his way to get to the quarterback. And so the, his instincts kick in. So everybody's got strengths. Everybody's got things that we're going to continue to work on. Um, but I envision, you know, at some way, shape, or form, all those guys will be on the field for us. I really think this this is a Texas team that is is going to be pretty good. Now it's not going to be easy for them. Again, you know they they're at Alabama in week two. Um, that is not an easy start. But uh, you know they've got Quinn Ewers, a veteran quarterback. They've got talent behind him. So if you they aren't in the situation where, like for example, Michigan, you lose your top quarterback, they don't have a guy to replace him. I think they have talent behind him. Um, but you know, do they have enough at? enough athletes on the outside enough um up front to to keep the quarterbacks healthy to give them time and, and guys to get can make plays down the field um that they're going to have to make those explosive plays i think if they want to beat alabama or and you know maybe make a college football playoff yeah i love yours at quarterback i i thought before he got you know dinged up last year that he he showed great potential. Obviously, you've got some dude who's got a famous last name on the bench. <laughs> so, um, God help yours if he doesn't start off well. I just don't, Brad. I agree with you. I just don't know that this year they're going to have the the talent to to hang with Alabama. But I think you need a game like that as this program elevates itself. And you, because because next year, it's going you know from from you know nine or ten or eight whatever you want to call the Big Twelve. It's going to go up to eleven next year when they run into the SEC and and you know Alabama is going to be what you're going to be facing and you might face two or three teams of that level. This is a really important second game when they when they get to it. But do you think that Texas, are they on that level yet where we talk about uh, the Georgias and Alabamas and the Michigans and Ohio States where they just recruit on such a level that they've got, you know, you if you, you mentioned Michigan, if you lose, uh, you know, Blake Corum to injury, you have a Donovan Edwards come in, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's just where well, you've got that that kind of talent just stacked. Um, 
Florida is trying to get there right now under Billy Napier. And it seems like Sarkeesian is doing this as well, where you, um, you know, you lose a, a Robinson to the NFL and, and you replace him with another star running back. Uh, you've got Quinn Ewers, a five-star who beat out the true freshman Arch Manning, the five-star a quarterback. I mean, it's, are they at that point now where they're recruiting on that level to be a perennial top 10 program, which is where they're going to have to be if they're going to go in and not just compete, but succeed in the SEC? You know, it's interesting. It's a good question. I'm not sure they didn't have enough talent last year to be a lot better than they were. And, and so there's got to be some, you know, they need to win some games this year. I mean, I, I like, I, I think they have to, Sarkeesian needs to find a way because he's basically he's not at Tom Herman's level yet for winning games, and so he's got to so he's got to raise the bar here very quickly if he wants to be a long term coach at Texas. And so we can say it's going to take this long, but we know you got four years, you got about four years, and you got to show progress and you got to be at least competitive in years three and four if you want to get there. Yeah, I talked to a coach here locally. Um, in Dallas. And he told me, he said that Texas recruits a lot of guys who have a, you know, they may have a quarterback coach. They may have a throw rotation coach. They may have a footwork coach. They may have a, a conditioning coach, um, you know, all these things. And he, and, and he said the, the talent's not the issue. He said, but then <clears throat> LSU is recruiting kids that want to get out of where they live and elevate out and the texas kids you know if, if they run into a problem they've got six different coaches that have worked with them since they were in kindergarten that they could call up to say hey what do i do in this situation and so he tried to tell me it was the hunger factor that is what he thought texas had the talent but maybe not the hunger now i don't know if that's a an accurate representation but but that's where he said the killer instinct was a little different mm. Mike, we call that the silver spoon syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> silver spoon syndrome. Kids that there are kids that are fighting to to for like, you know, their lives. And we got kids who are, you know, fighting to see whether they get a Corvette or a Trans Am. You know, yeah. what I mean, it's just yeah. Is the Trans Am still a thing, by the way? Does that it, that date me? Do they even make those anymore. They don't I don't think those. so. I think yeah. Pontiac the brand is gone. Yeah. So I don't know what you there go, you, Brad. You get my point though, right? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, and it's it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting um, uh, way of looking at it. And again, obviously, painting broad brush strokes there. It's not everybody, but you do you do sometimes wonder that killer instinct that you see in the SEC, particularly on the football fields, that you just don't always see in the Big Ten and and the uh, Big Twelve. Well, stay with us here. Much more to come uh, here on the show. Uh, look who is uh, looking to expand now. The latest expansion rumors. We've got that coming up as well as uh, the games to watch here this weekend. Keep it here. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. 
And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. In case you thought we've forgotten, we have not. Uh, the ACC back to a conversation about expanding. Uh, once again, it is Stanford Cal and remember, SMU wants in, and they said, "Listen, keep your media money. We're we'll sell we'll sell fund for seven years." Um, guys, the AC surprising ACC had said no, but uh, clearly conversations are still ongoing. Well, we know that conversations like this are going on between all the conferences and different schools at almost twenty four seven. But I would say that I really would wonder why a school would attach their wagon to the ACC, give up your, your grant rights until 2036, knowing that you're still going to be way behind the Big Ten and SEC, and they are going to negotiate another con uh, another contract in that time period. It seems like you're basically saying, look, we'll let them start with a one-lap lead and then hold my beer. We're going to give them a second lap. I, I don't understand why they would do this. It's interesting. You make a good point. I, uh, the only thing I can think is that there must be not be interest in Stanford and Cal to the Big Ten. I yeah, mean, the, yeah. the Big Ten must just be like, I we don't want them. Um, so, and if that's the case, I guess they really don't have many other options. And so they're kind of looking. They're going to take a reduced rate. It sounds like SMU's taking nothing. They're taking a reduced amount. But by taking a reduced amount. The other ACC schools are going to get more. So you can see why they actually will get the votes from the other ACC schools, possibly. They only need to flip one more school to get this done. So it's going to be uh, – it's wild. This conference expansion doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, it it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, 15 uh, voting members, that includes Notre Dame, which has gone on the record and said they are lobbying actively to get Stanford in the ACC – <clears throat> Big Ten fans who think that Notre Dame and Stanford's coming to the Big Ten. It's not happening. Notre Dame is in the ACC, not trying to leave there, trying to get Stanford to join them. Um, and so, I, I, Brad, I think you're right. What that says to me is that, listen, Stanford and Cal looking up saying, well, it's either $5 million a year if we go to the Mountain West Conference, um, which means our programs are decimated, or we take a last stab and see if we go to the ACC, even at less money. Right now, the AC, uh, Pac-12 team's getting about $24 million um, per team, roughly. That's in the last year of their existing contract, which expires next June. Um, the ACC paying out about $40 million per school last year. Uh, that should go up. But again, it, it's, it would appear that uh, they may get maybe half that. So it continues. Uh, speaking of Notre Dame, uh, one of two uh, major teams that we're watching this week, Notre Dame in Ireland taking on Navy, USC uh, taking on San Jose State as they open their final season in the Pac-12. That's definitely not the game that you want to uh, pull a face flop on over there in Ireland. We saw what happened, you know, uh, 
with Nebraska and the the trigger effect, and and it was actually the high point of the Northwestern season. It wasn't very high at all. Um, you know, you you think it's you think it looks pretty obvious who's going to win. I don't know that I'd want to play Notre Dame over there, but um, yeah, it's a great time to kick off the season, and I'll probably tune in just because it's college football. <laughs> it's always exciting to watch the games, even if you're not that interested. They still are on your television, right? Your yes. I'm not really watching, but I'm but I'm watching. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, no question about that. And uh, again, USC, boy, what a resurgence they've had uh, under Lincoln Riley, uh, the head coach out there, Caleb Williams. So let's we let's we forget he's the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, boy, just a you know a, a true junior uh, out of Washington D.C., the great Gonzaga school program there in the district. Uh, his uh, talents on display for one last time in the Pac-12, but it, it would appear his talent, uh, he'll go pro and will never make it to the Big Ten. So there you go with that. But all right, we will uh, leave it there. Enjoy the games. College football is here. Enjoy the weekend as well. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place, same station. For Mike, for Brad, I'm Larry, everyone else. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Longhorn Guys Sports Spectacular.